1: It's Cut to the Chase with Laura Curran.
0: With me, Laura Curran.
1: Let's bring in Laura Curran, a member of the Democratic Party. Joining
0: us now by phone, Laura Curran. Laura, good morning. Now,
1: here's your host, Laura Curran.
0: Hello, I am Laura Curran, and this is Cut to the Chase, where we delve into politics, media, culture, and current events. Real conversations about real issues that affect our lives, no matter where we are on the political spectrum. All right, let's get right to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. So I hope you don't find this narcissistic, but I think Long Island right now is the center of the universe, at least when it comes to politics in America. We saw the red wave pretty much stop at the shore of the East River. A lot of tumultuous politics happening. We've got George Santos. We've got a bunch of stuff going on. And what people don't realize is there is a lot of local government Here on Long Island. Uh, So, to talk about the local impact of what's happening on the national scene and the impact of Long Island on the national scene, I can't think of anyone better than Suffolk County Democratic Chairman Rich Schaefer, who is also a local elected official. He is the supervisor of the town of Babylon, a diverse coastal town with about 220,000 residents. He's been in politics for a long time and he gets this stuff. Rich, thank you so much for coming on. And cut to the chase. Uh, I
1: I agree. I get this stuff, but uh, <laughs> you do a, le- a legend in my own mind. But um, <laughs> but I want to. I, I also I think you made the point. Long Island is at the center of the universe, and I know Long Islanders agree with that yeah. uh, assessment as well. Um, no, but thanks for having me on, Laura. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people misunderstand in the state and in the nation the importance of Long Island. Uh, one thing I just want to touch on before we get to the national stuff is the Governor Hochul's housing compact, which I think it's fair to say, I'll say it, uh, went over like a lead balloon on Long Island. Democrats and Republicans alike like their local control. And I think we all agree, Rich, I think you're a big fan of transit-oriented development, downtown revitalization. Mm -hmm. You know we need housing and affordable housing. Did you foresee the buzzsaw that was coming for her on this issue?
1: Oh, absolutely. And and in fact, I told her about that ahead of time Mm -hmm. and spoke from not only a political standpoint, but more importantly, a government standpoint. And I said to her that um, housing back in the 90s was a bad word on yeah. Long Island, you couldn't talk about a, uh, any of the types of projects that we're now looking at and getting approved and actually uh, putting into reality. So I said to her, one of the basic things and, and the fact that she started her political career as a member of a town board, right? I, I told her that you have to go back to those days and you can never forget where you came from and that why local government is set up is to provide public safety and uh, to provide control over the community's destiny and so that there's an orderly process by which projects are vetted whether they be big or small and in the in the case of what she was talking about, and, and she recognizes the problem and good for her to, to start the conversation. Um, but I said you could probably have a more productive conversation if you would recognize the fact that over the last ten, fifteen years, municipalities on Long Island have done a great job um with um vetting projects, having community input, and then getting them approved. It just I could then go under my government hat in Babylon. We've done a number of transit-oriented development projects in Copeg, in uh, uh and uh, in the village of Lindenhurst, we worked hand-in-hand with them on a tri-tech project. So we can point to a number of success right. stories- um, that's happened and I will even say and I'll give credit where credit is due in Brookhaven and Islip they've done a major project at the uh, Ronkonkoma Hub um, uh, centered around the uh, Ronkonkoma Long Island Railroad train station and um, they've gotten a lot done there and then you just have to go to Bayshore downtown oh, you can yeah. see the work that's been done so, so again I I said I don't know the fight that you're looking to pick really isn't the fight that's necessary because you've got the support of and whether they be Democrats or Republicans, uh, town supervisors, town boards. And what we need the state to do really is in those areas in Suffolk, just talking Suffolk now, and, and I'm sure this is true in Nassau as well. You have that experience. But in, in Suffolk, we need the state to come in and help us with the larger parts of the equation, which is providing the proper monies for infrastructure, yeah. whether whether it be road work, improvements, uh, sewers, uh, any of those things that are going to make it more attractive for developers to want to keep their money here and invest their money here. So, uh obviously that didn't um that didn't carry the day and she she offered the proposal up and I'm glad to see that the legislature and that's what the process is all about. The legislature was able to tell her no, this isn't this isn't the way to proceed and I'm hopeful and we had, was, at at one point during the debate she was in Suffolk and I got her together with the other uh nine town supervisors and my and myself and uh, the 11 of us sat with a couple of assistants from her team, and, and she heard from each one of them. And uh, there's a number of experienced elected officials, uh, uh, Angie Carpenter, Ed Smith, Ed Romaine, Ed Wareheim, and, and Jay and the others, um, all spoke to her about, we're on board with, with what you want to accomplish. Here's how you can accomplish it, working together, and uh, hopeful that that will be the conversation post-budget.
0: Now, speaking of Ed Romaine, we've got a county executive race heating up. For this November yes. in Suffolk County, you guys are two years off of Nassau. Ed Romain, uh, I would say he's a pretty popular supervisor of Brookhaven. Uh, David mm-hmm. versus Cologne, who is uh, on the Democratic side, your side, very compelling, yep. young, aggressive, uh, I think very common sense kind of Democrat. Mm-hmm. How do you think the national mood, Biden versus Trump, inflation, price of gas affects sure. this kind of race?
1: It, it didn't used to. Um, in the past. And, you know, I've run for office, uh, you know, in in, the 90s, uh, when Bill Clinton was the president, and it didn't used to impact Hmm. the local race uh, races on the off years, what we call the off years. But uh, now, because I think because of how divided and partisan the country is, Um, And it's so tough to even have conversations with friends about politics uh, if they are in a different camp, quote unquote, than you. Uh, I kind of chuckle at it because in my mind, it's I'd rather learn something from somebody as opposed to just shutting them down before they even speak. Uh Um, And that's the problem these days. So I think that that's translated over to the local. And we saw it last year. We saw that in Suffolk County and uh, Governor Hochul lost Suffolk County 5941. Wow. Uh, And when you have that happening, um, that translated down ballot, and um,
0: I think we saw all we, the statewide elected officials lose Long Island as a whole in 2022.
1: Correct, and that hadn't happened in a long time. Mm. And, um, and, and I pointed this out to Jay uh, Jacobs, who's our state chair, and he didn't, he didn't need me to point it out. He, he saw it himself as the Nassau County chair. And uh, I said that now we've got to, and I've talked to my people uh, you know, who work with us in Babylon, where I've said that, um, that uh, we have to pay attention to all of these things, even if they're beyond our control. So we could be doing a fabulous job, um, and people will say, well, just because you're on the Democratic line, I'm not going to support that. And of course, we have to then get even more Democrats to show up to do that. But we saw that in the last election uh, in 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, for
0: sure. That, yeah,
1: that uh, that that impacted. Uh, in fact, I ran for re-election that year and I had people tell me who I know have voted for me for years. They said, well, you're lucky you're on the conservative line. I wouldn't have voted for you. Wow. Um, Just because you're a like, Democrat. Yeah. And because I, if I had only been on the Democratic line, they would not have voted for me. And I got 48 percent on the Democratic line and 12 percent on the conservative line, wow. which helped me get reelected um and you know it it kind of hurts a little bit because i'm more than happy to be responsible and held accountable for any decisions that i make yes um i get annoyed when i have to be held accountable for decisions of others
0: yes and you don't um, want to have to fight against your own party your or, own party yeah and yep. then you're fighting on both sides that's very yeah, frustrating. And,
1: and, and look, it's frustrating, and, and you're a perfect example of that. You were doing a terrific job as Nassau County executive. Uh, everybody said it. Everybody knew it. Well, thank you. Um, and 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 you you didn't lose it. And you didn't you did not lose it um, because of you. you. I think you lost it because of the atmosphere and what was going on. And and in, and point blank, and you and I have had this conversation. You lost it because they were wrapping um, bail reform and crime issues around your neck when you had nothing to do with it.
0: In right. Fact, right.
1: You, you were very aggressive with the <laughs> Nassau County police department doing a great job. And uh, again, it's sad because I think we lost a great public official, but you're a perfect example of what can happen when that trickles down. And I think, just back to your original question, which was, do you think it's going to affect? I think it is. I yeah. think we're, we're in a period of time in history, uh, and you and I are both students of history. We've been doing this a while, uh, where we're seeing that uh, until this kind of vets itself out over the next, and it's going to go through the next presidential cycle, which is next year, 24. Yeah. Uh, And I think we're going to see it for a couple more years after that until things settle down. And, you know, what's frustrating is, and I had this conversation with a couple of Democrat and Republicans who were at a function together, and I said, you know, when can we let the normal people Mm -hmm. on both sides be in charge of how to come up with compromises and um, address issues and have, you know, discussions and civil conversations. Why do we continue to let, and I'll call them the crazies on both sides, control the narrative? I mean, you just have to look at Kevin McCarthy, and the whole country is held hostage by 18 lunatics. And yeah. um, and and it's and, and get again they won the Congress so they're entitled to select the leader but why do we have eighteen lunatics um, holding everything up for whatever their craziness is and and it's and it's it's frustrating and I'll say it about the lunatics on our side as well mm-hmm. when you when you allow those um, those uh, fanatics. To control the narrative and to control the majority,
0: and intimidate that's, the majority, and
1: intimidate, and that's when you get that's when you get bad decisions, bad government, uh, no cowardice, compromise. and
0: political cowardice uh, as well. Political cowardice as well for people po- who feel like they have to play yeah. lip service and they don't want to upset, they don't want people get yelling at them yep. on Twitter, whatever it yep. is.
1: Yeah, and by the way, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm at a point in my career where that does not bother me. Yeah. Um, because I've said I'm not going to change who I am. And I've said this as both the party chair as well as an elected official. I'm, I came into this with a bunch of, you know, philosophy, uh, philosophical thoughts. And, uh, I, and I'm not going to change that because the times have changed or I have to respond to somebody threatening me. The worst thing you could do is threaten me because I'm just going to even get more <laughs> stern. And and you did the same thing. And, and so But I think all of us as responsible political leaders and elected officials have to come together. And it doesn't matter what party you're in. If you're willing to sit down and, you know, we can go back to Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan. Yeah. uh,
0: Two Irish guys over over a whiskey.
1: Right. All politics is local. And they both were very strong in their thoughts of what government, sh- what's government's role and how government should uh, be involved in, in uh, decision making and, and issues. And, uh, you know, things got done. You may not have agreed with everything that got done, but things got done. And, and people I felt guess, that
0: someone was in charge, that there are grown ups who can make these correct. decisions. And, and there was a, a it was a very calming, reassuring message I want to ask uh, you in your with your party chair hat on, you know, we're talking about sure. the the national winds, the headwinds that Democrats on Long Island have to face. So just in terms of nuts and bolts, how does the Democratic Party, uh, Nassau, Suffolk, you, you know, we got the county exec race in Suffolk. There's local races all over the island. 2023, November. Hope people pay mm-hmm. attention. How do you as a party chair operate effectively on the ground to counteract misconceptions about Democrats on Long Island, uh, making people actually even know that there are elections happening, you know, turn off the cable news, there's stuff happening locally. How do you how do you do that in the field on the ground day to day? A lot
1: of. Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of it has changed over time, uh, a lot because of technology that's available. And so instead of doing a general campaign, which you could have done back, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you do a more strategic campaign and you gear it toward all just take Babylon Town for example and this is something you know I talked to Dave Colon about when we were putting his campaign together and Dave is a former prosecutor he mm-hmm. he prosecuted one of the 911 hijackers um, who was involved with the Pentagon mm. um, a crash and um and murder of the uh, people at, on the Pentagon. And uh, and um, he's a, a business person. He's got great experience uh, leading large companies and, and development of large companies, and he's got public service. So I said, we need to make sure that out of the box, everybody understands who you are. Just because you have a D after your name, doesn't mean that you're some crazy from, you know, uh, ultra left from New York
0: City. Yeah, member
1: member. Yeah, and that all of your experience and how you've handled it, Issues is what how you're going to be as the county executive, and so what we have to do is in Babylon, for example, we're literally breaking the town down block by block. Mm. And, and you mentioned we've got 220,000 residents, so there's probably about 75,000, 70,000 registered voters, and we're going networking door to door, but not even door to door. People got ring doorbells that don't answer the door. So we're literally going out and having house parties. We're doing um, different types of campaigns in different communities. So we have a large Spanish population um, that we're campaigning with in a completely different mm. fashion than we would in a traditional uh, which Babylon was, uh, you know, Irish, Italian, blue-collar communities. We've got a large Turkish and Polish population, so we're campaigning in a different way there. We've got a large Haitian population, so we're campaigning in that way in churches because that's where they respond most. Oh, yeah. they They have support of the church itself by which they came here and have their families here and they totally respect their pastor or the elders in the church. So we do a lot of campaigning that way. So it's really not like one size fits all, but it's more. And And I think that's been the problem of the Democratic Party in the past. And I'm talking not just local, but statewide and even the country. And I think other states, and we're talking to other organizations in other states now in Wisconsin and Michigan, those states that were able to do what needed to be done to win elections, we're adopting some of their uh, best practices, if you if you want to give it a name, best practices to be able to do what we need to do here. So we're, we're changing it up, definitely. Uh, we're learning from mistakes that we've done in the past uh, on how to do it. We're taking advantage of technology, and, um, and we're engaging. We've got a very extensive internship program uh, from the, both the high school and college level. Mm. So we've got about 100 interns that we've recruited from the various high schools and colleges in the area, and they're already been doing work. Um, on behalf of, um, and we have a couple of people running for re-election, Dwayne Gregory and Terry McSweeney, who are council people, and Jen Montiglio, our receiver uh-huh. of taxes. So they're they're out already doing kind of the tilling of the fields, I call it. Yeah. Starting to identify who we have to uh, be talking to, who's going to be more than likely to show up to vote. Because remember, in a local year, the, the turnout drops to about 25, if, if you're lucky, 30%. That's right. Um, instead of, say, a 50 to 60%. Uh, you know, presidential. We saw a massive turnout. Um, so we have to identify who we need to talk to, and that's being done in a very strategic way, using technology and using a different kind of campaign approach.
0: Interesting. So true about the ring doorbell. And I'm really glad to hear that you, as a Democratic Party chair, is focusing, are focusing on immigrant, the immigrant population, Hispanic, Polish, Turkish, Haitian, meeting people mm-hmm. where they are, telling them yeah. why you're the better choice. Instead, uh, you know, because we're seeing a lot of these immigrant communities. Mm-hmm. The Hispanic community, the Asian community, and others sort of tilting towards the Republicans because I think the Republicans have been paying right. more attention, whereas the Democrats tend to take them for granted. And I yeah, don't hear that you're doing just that.
1: Assume I never assume because I learned from the old Odd Couple um, mm-hmm. episode <laughs> yeah. where, where if you assume, what ha- what what do you make out of you and me? Yes. Um, so I and I and I can tell you that. The reaction has been very favorable because they've been hungry for someone to listen to their concerns, just like any other family. I mean, they're here because they had to get away from wherever they came from, and they wanted to make sure their kids got a good education, something, you know, that their kids were in a better position in life than they were, and they care about crime, and they care about quality of life in their community. So they're no different than anybody else. It's just a matter of being able to figure out um, how to connect with them and then how to be able to address their issues. And so, like I said, we've got a really good network going in all those communities that I mentioned. And um, and it's uh, starting to show the results because during COVID, we were able to tap into that to be able to make sure we were serving yeah. everybody um, and make sure everybody was safe. And also now during the political uh, season, we're able to tap into that and, and get uh, people active from those communities and helping us to uh, make sure we're addressing their concerns.
0: What role does local media play, Rich? I've heard a lot of complaints and I, I feel it myself that Local Long Island media really isn't covering politics like it used to. Newsday has this policy where they don't go to press conferences. They're I don't I, I feel you know whether it's TV or the newspapers, they're not really getting into the nitty gritty. And uh, the vacuum is filled by the national stuff. Google. How important do you think local media is for quality of life and for government?
1: Oh, it's, it's tremendously important, and they have fallen down on their responsibility. Um, and like you said, Newsday has just totally been gutted in terms of reporters who are on a beat, who not understand what they need to do, and uh, to be responsive. So, uh, and I don't know whether that's a budget thing or whether that's just the narrative. I, you see Newsday now going to Newsday TV, and I yeah. think trying to compete with um, News 12. And News 12 has even fallen off in terms of... And
0: we're getting a lot of news from Westchester and other places that, you know, you don't go to Channel 12 for that.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. And and the thing is, with that, back in the day... Tom Downey was still around, there used to be a battle over whether or not the city news stations would cover Long Island. And there was a big argument all the time that they would have one story on Long Island. And now, of course, they have people assigned to Long Island, but they're, they're still not covering enough of Long Island because, again, we're, we're like three million people. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're not
0: chump change we're, over here.
1: <laughs> we're, we're bigger than a lot of states and, and we contribute a lot of money and taxes and yeah. And it's just it's crazy to to see the fact that there're, like you said, there's this giant vacuum and um and, and- the result
0: can be George Santos.
1: The result can be George Santos, which is Exhibit be. A, yeah, Exhibit A for that. And um, and the other thing is that um, that you that you just have there's no connection, and you have social media begin to fill the vacuum where people believe everything they read on Facebook or see on Instagram, and that's really dangerous because that that's where you're getting into all this misinformation, and people who want to play with that uh, to accomplish their own personal selfish goals can play with that, yeah. or you get a George. Santos.
0: Right. Speaking of Santos, so we've got the local elections next year. You've got the congressional elections next year. So CD1, which is in Suffolk County, it's the eastern portion of it. It's actually a huge chunk of Suffolk. Lee Correct. Zeldin had it. Now Lalota has it to Republicans. Is this winnable, do you think next year for a Democrat?
1: yep i think yeah I think the first is definitely winnable. I think if we're looking at all the districts on Long Island, I think the first, the third and the um and the fourth yeah. are all winnable yeah uh the first is because of um, that it's anchored by the East end and goes into Huntington. Mm-hmm. Huntington was the first place that showed that they caught on to trump's um uh, i'll call it b s um, where they started to see that he wasn't as um, together as he had portrayed himself, mm. and so there are more educated Republicans in Huntington, combined with the Democratic base there, that we saw—that's where Trump started slipping um, over the uh, over the years. And so I think that that district uh, has something to work with. Jay Schneiderman, uh, mm-hmm. who's a former, who's a uh, supervisor in Southampton and East Hampton, uh, Jimmy Gorman lives in. That that district, who is a former state senator. You worked with him. Yeah. He was in Nassau County as well. He's a very talented uh, government official, former government official. Um, so there are a number of people, uh, hmm. Nancy Goroff, who had run for the seat once before. So we have a number of candidates. We're now kind of vetting that through because I told them that the important thing is to figure out how we get um, behind one candidate so that we don't spend a lot of time beating each other up. Right, because there have been pretty and
0: bloody primaries out there in the past couple of Yes.
1: Yeah, so that's the goal there. Um, look, the second district, as it's constructed now, is
0: forget is about re- it.
1: Pretty Republican, <laughs> yes. And, I know we and have I to have
0: run to, someone, and hey, you never know.
1: We, right, but but I have to say, Andrew Garbarino has been someone, and I've worked with him on the government side. He's somebody who's been practical. He supported the infrastructure bill. He's he's not a um, yeah. He's a not chair. a
0: bobblehead Republican. He actually thinks Correct. for himself. Uh, I have I've had I've worked with him as well, and I find him someone to be an an actual individual independent thinker which is very refreshing
1: correct and he's young he's in his 30s and 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 that's something that we need so and we've done some joint stuff together projects you know he's gotten us money in the town and uh for some road uh, road raising and resiliency projects so so i but and again i just the numbers in that district are too tough but then again i now going into nassau county which you know better than i oh i think both uh, of
0: those are winnable
1: Oh, absolutely. And um, and of course, the big question is whether Tom Suozzi will or will not. Yeah. Want to want to jump into the race and obviously if he jumps into the race it's, it's oh, his
0: for, absolutely. for the taking. Yeah, he eats um, it up. The thing is, absolutely. will he want to do a primary? If it's a special election, it's one thing, but if it's a primary, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't read yeah, his mind yeah, on that. Correct. And
1: I think that that's one thing. And Robert Zimmerman, you know, despite him not winning, I think Robert was trying as hard as he could to get Oh, I think defense. he would do
0: very well. I think either of them would do very, yeah. very well.
1: Yep, 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 yep. So, and I know both of them well. So I think that's a great one. And then uh, the seat, uh, the fourth seat, uh, the fourth district. D'Esposito, De yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, I think uh, absolutely that that, um, that seat is winnable too. In and, a presidential and- year,
0: as you said, you know, the turnout is so much better uh, and yeah. next year, and, and there'll be a lot of yeah. attention, and there'll be a lot of money coming in for those two races because the outside, these are these yeah. need to be flipped. The Democrats yep. say, and I I would agree.
1: Yep, and I want to see uh, Speaker Jeffries instead yes. of uh, Leader Jeffries. Yes,
0: you know, exactly. So
1: very important to us, not only nationally but here politically, uh, locally. Um, he will he it will, he will do very well for New York.
0: And he's got, a, he's got a great way about him. He's calm. He's cool. He's uh, collected. There's a confidence, a quiet swagger that I think yep. our party could really use right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one more question before I let you go, because I only have sure. about two more minutes with you. Uh, speaking of underreported, I felt that the Suff- uh, Suffolk County cyber attack didn't get the attention that it deserved. I mean, Suffolk County well, is bigger of, than many of states. Lack of,
1: yeah, that's the lack of uh, local coverage. And I think there's a lot of questions still that need to be answered there. Um, and I, I'm hopeful. And Rich Donahue, who I have a lot of respect for, the former U.S. attorney, and we saw him in uh, when yeah. he was in the office with the president and he was not going to stand for doing something that that was not uh, legit, kosher, whatever you want to call it. Um, So Rich Donahue is now the counsel to the special committee from the legislature and I'm hopeful that they're going to get to the bottom of it because it it impacted all of us. It was a really
0: big deal. Uh, And and nobody really knows about
1: it. Nope. Did it affect you guys
0: on the local level at all? Or are you completely separate?
1: I mean, I mean, it didn't affect our system because we had the protections in place and we're not, but it it affected in terms of residents, you know, I mean, just alone, the clerk's office with deeds processing, it's held up closings, mortgage tax revenue took a hit because of all the delays. It was, it was a big problem. And then they discovered
0: that a guy who worked in the clerk's office was doing crypto mining. I mean, it's a whole story there. It's fascinating. A lot
1: of, lot of big questions that need to be answered. And one more it. thing,
0: not, not to leave everyone with this, but uh, Gilgo Beach is in your district. A town, yes. In your town. And it is one of those mysteries that I am fascinated with. I don't know why it doesn't get more press and attention, uh, but that's something else that you got in your backyard. So you got a lot going on.
1: We got a lot going on here. Like we like you said at the start of this, we're the center of the universe.
0: We are the center of the universe, and we're not being narcissistic in saying that. <laughs> you <got it. laughs> Rich Schaefer, Democrat. Democratic Chair of Suffolk County, Town of Babylon, Supervisor, I want to thank you so much for your time and thanks for your good work and your ability to get it done. I really do appreciate you.
1: And I appreciate you too, Laura. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. Listeners, if you like what you hear on Cut to the Chase, you know I got my radio show four o'clock on Sundays, also called Cut to the Chase. And you can download us, put us in your pocket, take us where you're going, download the app, like, subscribe, share, because without you, we're nothing.